0: Good evening and welcome to episode 31 of the Talking Talkie podcast. Uh, I'm Sam Drift. This evening I'm joined by Chris Ballard. Hello. Will Taylor. Good evening. And I'm not sure if it's his debut on the podcast, but he certainly is a debut working with me. Uh, Welcome to Matthew Roberts.
1: Thanks very much. Good to be here.
0: Matthew, is it your first time on the podcast? I can't remember. I I, I, of course listen to all of them back. Of course I do. But I've got a bit of a memory problem. Uh, Matthew, who are you and what are you doing here?
1: Uh, well, I've supported Torquay ever since August 2003, which was a fantastic season. Um, we always used to go on holiday down there every single year but when I was little. and um, My dad took to see us against Rochdale at home in August of that year. And despite the fact we lost 3-1, um, you couldn't get me away from playing more after that. Uh, followed the team for... Better or worse, mostly worse, until about 2018, the back half of that year. And, um, yeah, I live in Bristol now, so I can get down to play more fairly often, COVID to me.
0: Nice one. Yeah, that's the problem with talking. It gets under your skin It's uh, and you can't get rid of it. Like mange? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh. I was interested
2: in your mouth exercises. Why? You don't need to do those anymore now that Woodfield's left, right?
0: Is that Bring the tone down already. We're not even if the size. We, If we're, if we're um, going to talk
2: about either
3: two of those players, can we refer to them as Rat One and Rat Two in the order that they left, if possible? That'd be
0: great. Thank you. Disclaimer: Which, if 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 you still if you if you're listening, I'll steal my mate just uh just in case. Uh, he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. He's definitely to not fair, listening.
3: To be fair, he's still on the talking not a yellow army page, as I found out. Uh, the other week, so he he could well
0: be listening. We don't Is know. he? I bet. I bet. I bet he's one of those people that like searches his name to see what people have tweeted about. He react. He
3: reacted to my comment where I was uh, was quite unkind about um, him leaving. Um, he well reacted to it. So yeah, he's definitely in there and looking at what people have to say about him.
0: Sure. It amazes Hello. me that fans still read the like read about themselves. you know, a lot a lot of players uh, read forums see what fans say about them. It's like if you're that insecure, I don't think it's a game for you, but anyway, uh, well, hopefully today we can, uh, avoid talking about rodents, uh, because out of nowhere, old Paddy had a bit of a field day. Um, and the club announced seven whole new signings. Um, it was an interesting format. They kind of did a live texting, but still announced them individually on Twitter. Um, Felt a little bit deadline day. I think someone did quite a funny Photoshop of Dave Thomas on the uh, on the Sky Sports bloke being attacked by a dildo. That did make me chuckle. Um, and it was, it was funny. I think if Dave had a live podcast, today, I think we'd have all listened because that would have been uh, quite an interesting one. It's I, I literally work, I can effectively see Heel Park from my living room. And uh, I was in the office though, but if I was at home, I would have been tempted to put a suit and a yellow tie on. And kind of live stream herself on Twitch outside the training ground going, well, someone's just turned up. I don't recognize this one either. Um, but no, so the first signing we made was uh, not a new player. Well, it was new in the fact sense that he'd just signed, but someone familiar to ourselves ish. Uh, and that was young goalkeeper. I'm going to try and say this right, Marcin Brzovsky. I think that's right. I, um, I,
1: I I tried, I looked up his name because I thought I'd, tr- I'd like to um, learn how to pronounce it. And I listened to it back a few times and I'm still sort of not the wiser how you possibly pronounce his name. So, no, um,
0: I, I do worry about Ray Duffy next season. for for his sake, I hope this guy doesn't play an awful lot. Uh, um, No, I, personally, I was quite pleased. Obviously, he's, uh, I think he's been released by QPR. We had him on loan when we were very short. I think it was just after... James Hammond got sent off, not sent off, just after James Hammond's, just after McDonald's injury, wasn't it? No, McDonald got sent off against... Um, Hammond was illegible, wasn't he? um, That's right. McDonald got sent off against Solihull for Kung Fu kicking someone or whatever he did. Um, Yeah, Hammond was unavailable, so we brought this guy in on loan. It was the trophy, so I didn't watch it. Did anyone else watch that game? Anyone got any recollection? I did gone? watch it, but
2: I don't remember what happened.
0: I think
3: um, from, from watching I only caught the highlights of it, but he certainly made some really good saves um, from what I remember. And he was um, very unlucky with the goal that we conceded as well, if I remember rightly. Um, I, I, th- I think it's a solid enough. I mean, I would have been slightly concerned if there hadn't been, I mean, which I'm sure we'll go on to Holstead in a minute, but. I don't know how confident I would have been with him as a first choice. I think he's as good, if not as, if not better than McDonald as a second choice. So, I, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with it. But he he played well in that trophy game. I know he had a bit of an erratic last few minutes. I think against Solihull, if I'm remembering rightly. Um, but that was that's a lot of pressure in that game and all that sort of stuff. So no, I, I I can't see anything wrong with that one as a as a first line. A bit of an underwhelming first one for Paddy to announce, but you know, not not not, not bad on the left of no, it. No,
0: no, it's funny. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about um talk about both goalkeepers shall we so obviously we signed Mark Halstead as well um but I think you know Mark Halstead has obviously come from Morecambe he was he he's 30 he's clearly going to be the number one and he's been given the number one by the looks of his the number on his shirt so this this Martin guy is, is going to be the definite second choice and I think going into a season I'd much rather have a number one and a backup I'd much rather have that like that rather than the the, the tug of war between McDonald and and Covalan, which ultimately you want a bit of competition. You, you know you are in competition with with your other goalkeeper, but I don't think it did either. Than the world of good, especially McDonald. I don't think that helped McDonald's confidence in the slide system. I think that may be part of his downfall at Torquay. Um, but yeah, I think Percy, in terms of a backup keeper, ideal. He's he's going to play the cup games. He might play the league games, obviously if uh, Halstead's out, but. I think he's a backup keeper. You, you can't complain at that. Um, obviously, Mark Halstead, I'm not, I am I don't know an awful lot about him. Um, I don't know if anyone's seen him play or, or has much knowledge on him. I did I see uh, on, um,
2: a YouTube video earlier of him playing Port Vale. Um, and, obviously, those things are very selective. The only one that you see is likely to be the best one. He absolutely stood on his head in that game. Um, more on 1-0. One and to believe the highlights, they had one shot, whereas Port Vale had, you know, had a dozen, some of which he produced World East for. So I don't think you can expect a better goalkeeper than that. I think, you no, know, given the level that he's played at um, League Two, um, he didn't play that often last season. But I think 30 is a really good age for a goalkeeper. By that point, they've usually figured out their jitters. They're not going to come for crosses in opportune times, you would hope like some of our goalkeepers have in the past and as you were saying before, I think um, I'm not going to take a go at the uh, chap's name, how to say it. I have asked my poet friend for confirmation on how to say it, but he's going to be the the number two goalkeeper um, with him being younger. I would expect him if he doesn't move on to step into the number one role in a couple of seasons, Um, but I think it's Exactly what it does in the tin. No, it says in the tin. You want two goalkeepers, one to be your main guy, one to be a competent backup in the event that the number one guy falls over and breaks something. So,
0: pretty happy. Yeah, I, I'm not sure there's a, an awful lot more to add on. Uh, on the goalkeepers,
3: I, I mean, all I would say about how is I agree that I think he's, he's he's competent enough and he will he will be good enough. But he has made sort of less than a hundred professional appearances in his career is, is worth mentioning. He's never, I don't know if he's ever actually been an out-and-out number one um, so it would be really interesting to see how he how he sort of grasps that child I don't pit that against him because I almost think it's better that he's got
2: mm-hmm. the
3: pedigree of experience he's got at the level he's got, I'd rather that than, you know you, you think how dubious we were when we signed Lucas Covalent from someone, I think it was sort of two or three leagues below us, mm-hmm. that I, I'd rather have someone with that pedigree, I mean he's just got, he's just got promoted and I saw the clips of that go against Paul Bell and he looks superb but it's easy to see the good bits as we've seen with players before. I don't, I don't, I, it wasn't, I always think it was going to be difficult to to sign a cobbler replacement after what he did in the final, but I, I don't see what, this guy looks like the real deal and he looks like he's going to organise what looks to be quite a young defence. So I, I, I don't really think you can ask for much more. And hopefully he's finally seeing this as his chance to be number one um, and, and sort of, um, you know, grasp that with both hands, so to speak. So yeah, I, I'm fairly happy with it. I think it's a really good. It's a, it's good to finally have that structure back over first choice and the second choice goalkeeper because I think it hindered us over the last couple of years having McInnes
1: and in the I do. Well, I yeah, think it's, it's it's a it's a player who um, you know he could bench warm at know, some League Two club for the rest of his career if he wanted to. I don't know if he's kind of wages that he'll be on with us, but I'll take any player who. You know, talk talking natural opportunity who wants to play for us rather than just um, rather than just coming here and getting you know, some money before you retire
0: well that's the that's thing exactly isn't it, it. you, you yeah. know you, you get you know ultimately every keeper at some point is going to move from being a backup to go and be an established number one now he looks like he's played enough league games that he's got that proper league experience and you know let, let's be honest if he was released by Morecambe you know, one of the references Gary Johnson would have taken on was from Derek Adams. Now, I can't stand Derek Adams. I think he's an absolute bell end. But at least, um, you know, De- Derek Adams w- wouldn't have given him a bad review. And then Gary Johnson signed him. Get Derek and Derek Adams is a professional manager. He he he'll give an honest opinion. So, you know, ultimately they've all got to step up and sometimes you're very established. Number ones don't quite work out. Look at Ryan Clark. You know, I really liked Ryan Clark. I think he was, by all accounts, he was a top bloke, but he didn't set the world alight for us. And he'd been the number one at clubs like Oxford for most of his career. So, you know, good luck to him. Obviously we have got a new goalkeeper coach coming in. I'd assume after Phil Osborne's left. Um, I won't comment on Osborne. Um, I, I think maybe he was a good coach, but I, I've I've known him personally ish in the past, so you know. Good, yeah, good luck. I mean, I
3: yeah, I think I think with with I, I probably slot. I don't know what your what your experiences are of him, Sam, but I thought he did a really good job with both with both Cobble and <laughs> McDonald. So he um you know was, you know whatever it may be about him, I think I mean deserves a little bit of credit for, for the work he did with Cobb, definitely more so than McDonald. But yeah, no, it'd be be a loss. But obviously, there's Gary Johnson as his reasons. for this.
0: Of course. Yeah. I think because it's the thing with Phil Osborne that I always found interesting was he's never been a, a professional footballer with a football club. He's always just had a goalkeeper school um, and it's just for keepers that, that he runs. Um, so I wonder if, you know, getting someone in who is a goalkeeper coach or has been a pro, if that probably might add something to the dressing room. I, I don't know if I'm on the right lines at all there, but no, it's not, like you say, it's good to have the goalkeeper situation sorted, you know, a number one, a backup, going into the new season and knowing who the number one is, because I think it helps the goalkeeper's confidence. It also helps the back four, you you know, the back four needs, because every goalkeeper's got a different style. Um, So signing number three was a centre-back. That was a a position, again, that needed addressing. We only had one registered centre, well, one senior registered centre-back back in in Joe Lewis and uh, Louis Slough, the youngster, but I, I, I still think it's probably a season too early for him to be considered as a kind of first team option um so that's a guy called Ali Omar who's come from Barnsley I think he was involved in their under 23s mostly I've got absolutely no prior knowledge of him he he looks quite big I wouldn't want to get in a fight with him he's taken the number five so he's obviously you know they fancy him to be a starting player and for me importantly he's left-footed You know, Joe Lewis, who's obviously going to be the other starting player, is right-footed. At least you've got that balance in the middle. Yeah, I
2: mean, no one knows too much about him. He hasn't even got a Wikipedia entry, although I may change that myself this evening. Who knows? Um, The fact that he hasn't played a huge amount, you know, in, in league circles is not that big of a deal. I don't think he's only 22. I did find it interesting that two championship sides have signed him. You know, QPR signed him and then Barnsley. Um, he did make a matchday squad <clears throat> for Barnsley back in January. He didn't get on, but I still think that's a, sim- a signal of people feeling that he has potential at least. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good signing. Uh, again, I, th- I think when we've been talking about signings or prospective signings in the past, we've always said that anyone who comes in, and we'll talk about this again later, has to buy into what Johnson is selling. Um, and given that we believe they're all on permanent contracts, they all must have drunk the Kool-Aid, which I realise, as I say, is a very American phrase, so I apologise.
0: Yeah, you um, blessed me. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, that the, like, pa- is that like the powders that they put into water to make it a fizzy drink? It's basically that. But the reason that it's a, a phrase is that uh, there was a cult leader called um,
2: Jeffries in the Congo or somewhere. They took a bunch of Americans there and he killed them all by making them drink poison kool-aid so that's very much become uh a phrase in the united states about drinking the kool-aid if you believe the same thing as the guy giving you the Kool-Aid. anyway got off track um so yeah i, I think it's, it's encouraging A number five squad number is indicative of the intention to have him have a starting position i think um but really will not know anything about him until we see him against paul on saturday
1: I imagine that we'll sign at least another centre-back probably a right-back as well on loan probably the next few weeks or maybe an hour before kick-off on the first day of the season hopefully we can get sharing that but if it's if it's a case of having like Lewis world alike. I mean, I, I think an
3: even be, even bigger sign-in than, than Ali Oba was probably the, the fact that we've got Tony Lewis again <laughs> next year. I think that's probably what what makes it even more impressive. But he, he seems, I mean, like I said, we're realistically not going to know a lot about him. He's not done a lot in the professional game, has he? But why? there's no reason he can't We, we didn't know a lot about Carl Cameron before we signed for us or, or all the other players that, that have gone on to do really well. I mean, Sam Sherry was just a kid on over the ball before we knew nothing about him. We're all clamouring for him back, aren't we? So... There's no reason he can't be there there about And he looks huge. Like, he looks massive. He's going to be a nightmare to play against by the looks of things, especially when strikers in the National League can be so physical as well. So it, the balance is perfect. A good right foot, a really good right foot centre-half in Lewis and hopefully a really good left foot one in, in Ali Omar as well. I don't, it looks like a, a perfect sort of centre-back partnership. Obviously, we won't know until we see them play properly, but, but I'm happy enough with it, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, completely for as long as he has the uh, much vaunted and ill-defined talky DNA, then I'm perfectly happy with uh, whatever jumps you can see.
0: Likewise, I mean, I I completely agree with it with everyone. I mean, it's one of those these players have to who come from the academies have to start their career somewhere, um, and you know, being at a big club like Barnsley, hopefully it's a good upbringing and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Uh, I mean, side note, great haircut. I'm not sure what you'd call that, but yeah, big fan. Um, Any squad number shaggers out there, you'd you'd assume that Joe Lewis has taken the number six as well that's been left vacant by Gary Warren, Um, if anyone else is in squad numbers. Um, So the next one was another completely unknown player. Uh, uh, Well, it said kind of left back slash left side of midfielder, but more left back because he's got the number three. Uh, a guy called Dan Martin, who's come from Cardiff. He was released by them. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was. Uh, apologies if, if you're listening, whoever wrote this. Someone said that someone had told them that he was a serious player. Um, I think Josh Berkshire put on a group chat earlier saying that he was on trial with us sort of back end of last season and, and looks, looks to be a player. Again, I've never heard of him before. I don't don't know if anyone's got any prior knowledge on him. I mean, the only comment I have is that he has great ears.
2: He has excellent ears. That's the only comment, which I admit isn't adding much to the discussion. So I should
1: shut up and let Matt talk. He'll he'll be the the number two to Moxie. I was surprised actually at the end of last season when Moxie was uh, signed on for another season. I I can't imagine that we'll get many more than 20 games if we're lucky out of it. Um, But yeah, he can learn loads of stuff from, from Moxie over the course of the season. So he's probably not going to play huge amounts, but might be good for when Moxie's legs are um running out towards the end of the game and defending a lead. So yeah, why not?
3: I, th- I think it'll be I think it'd be perfect for those Tuesday night games yeah. where Moxie or, or those nights on, on Astro where Moxie's just not going to be able to do yeah. it. Bromley. I it. I think yeah, Bromley and and um, you know, I'm about to say Sutton again, but unfortunately they won't be in there. <laughs> no season. I think, to be fair, from, from what I can gather, he's he's done pretty much anything you could ask of a player that age. He got obviously got a move to Cardiff where it's not quite worked out for him, and he's gone on loan to a national... You know, and I think it's the one below National League South now, Western, isn't it? I, I can't remember which one. It is. But, I mean, he, he's gone there, and he was really, really highly rated there. I know, obviously, that, that's not at our, quite at our level, but he's done pretty much everything he can. He's not going to start, I don't think, but he, he seems to be a competent player. Sort of in. and it's one of them. It's going to be sound like you know repeating ourselves again and again and again. But you just got to trust Johnson's judgment with this, haven't you? And he's he seems to have a real knack for picking up these diamonds in the rough that look like they're they're not particularly great anywhere else. Um And I, I certainly hope he's done it with with money But they've all they all seem to have some sort of pedigree, which is sort of what's good. They, they they're coming from those sort of top range clubs, much like sort of he picked up Aaron Main from from Man City, who ended up being so so good for us as well. So I it seems good enough, but until we've seen him kick the ball properly, I don't think we'll we'll be able to know. But, you know, if he's done well at a lower level before, at least he knows what it's all about to play lower down the football pyramid, which is
0: is always good. Sidetrack, you mentioned Aaron Demain there. I haven't heard anything about him. It wasn't announced today that he'd re-signed, and you'd assume that if he was going to, he would have turned up to training today, and that there would have been a bit of a press release on him going, oh, yeah, you know, in Paddy's big yeah, media frenzy had hashtag Manic Monday. Um that they why Manic ask- Monday?
2: Sorry, I bitched about Manic Monday is a Bangles song where they complain about hating Mondays because they're boring. Why would you use that as the hashtag? It might Th- this also- is
3: this is the guy who tweeted about the weather Lorena Saul sign in. the guy clearly is a moron. So I, I don't I don't think too much into any of it. I just I mean just announcing it at 20 to 9 that you're gonna start making signings um, and then not announcing anything until half past 12 pretty much sums it all up, doesn't it? it I mean, it, it, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. You can't
0: write it. You've got if to feel sorry it, for Paddy. He was brought into the club to be a bit of a computer nerd and to basically fix the big screen when it broke. Out of nowhere, he does the 50 50 fucking draw. You know, I,
3: I do, I do to an extent, but also like after the whole, after you know, Weathergate, I think it was It was always going to be difficult. That wasn't that was...
0: his finest move, was it? No, and then like, really to, not even, to not even
3: address it. Um, but I mean, like, it was nine o'clock, you know, 20, 20 to 10, good morning, Yellow Army, and then all that sort of stuff. And then literally, literally three hours later,
0: got What was Why annoying is I, I was in work and I kept kind of refreshing it, thinking like, I'm really busy, Paddy. Can you just kind of do a like, right, these are all the players, these are where they've signed from. Because the mm-hmm. other thing, I, the only thing I found about today is the articles were really brief on them i usually quite like the longer thing to read like exactly where they've been blah 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 and you know i'd imagine over the next week we'll have uh, seven variants of so how the move come about um well you're happy with that gary they fucking yes, acquired <laughs> the club inquired about me so i came and signed yeah, you know, and oh. Torquay is a great
3: place. It's really nice
0: down there, you know. And, and and what sort of player are you, Oh, this guy? Well, I'm a left back. I, <laughs> I defend and sometimes I get forward. I mostly use my left foot, but you know, if a Gaffer my right, nothing will ever top
3: Psycho Janos, will it? Is it uh, I just love scoring goal.
0: I goals. Goals for the goal. Gaffer. <laughs> um, right, <laughs> signing number four was probably. Uh, Four? Five? Number five. Mm. Signing number five was probably, for me, signing of the day. And probably the biggest surprise, when it was mooted that we were going to be signing someone from Colchester, I think we all assumed it would be Paris Cohen-Hall, because he was the one who'd had injury problems, obviously had a good pedigree, and and on paper, a really good player. But, you know, he'd been at Argaard, he knows the air. I think we all assumed that Paris Cohen-Hall was going to rock up. When Someone gave me the nod that it might be Tom Lapsley. I thought, I'm not having that. Someone told me last night, I thought, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I didn't know an awful lot about him, but I knew the name. I think if you, if you recognize the name of someone who's at a lower league, League Two club, and you're not thinking of it for the wrong reason, you think hey, they've got to have something about him. Um, but yeah, Tom Lapsley, who's been at Colchester his whole career, uh, he signed. I'm, I'm led to believe he's quite a kind of hardworking, combative midfielder. I think he's probably a definition, by the looks of things of what I've read, a definition of a box to box tackles. Uh, on the, I looked at Colchester forums, their twi- Twitter fans. They were all, looks like they were all pretty shocked that he didn't sign on or that they did at least didn't offer him. And they thought he'd go to a league two or a league one club. I think they're quite surprised he's taken a step down to the conference, which hopefully is a good thing. And if he's that good, I'd pray to God we've got this guy on a two-year contract. I mean, he's not he's not
3: played regular football for the last couple of years, though, has he? And I think that's probably. Has he a not? Big reason. Okay. Like he, he has to an extent. I think he's been there and thereabouts, but the season they got relegated from League One after that, that those three years, he played pretty much every game for them. And that's sort of where he's got. A lot of them um, he's known for. He's best known for, I think, for scoring the winning penalty against Tottenham in the League Cup a couple of years ago, um, which was really boring, a hero right? for me. <laughs> which is great, great for him. Obviously, I mean, I knew him. I knew his name as well. Because his younger brother, who plays for for Mansfield, who I got the two names confused of, and um, very much confusing Chris earlier. Sorry about that, mate. Um, <laughs> nice. it was, it was. Um, I, I, I think it, I genuinely think it could. Could well be signing in the summer Like across the whole National League. It's a real, real coup. It's the one I looked at today. I wasn't massively inspired by the rest of them, not in a disrespectful way. I just didn't know much about them. But Johnson predicted that. But he was one I looked at and thought, this is a serious, serious place. Exactly what we need. We've got two really good creative midfielders in Little and um, Little and Lemon Herons, obviously, among a couple of others. And obviously, Acer Hall. He's not getting any younger. He'll probably he might struggle to, to play as many games next season, or even and even then, I think I think that's um, League offers a completely different sort of element. I, I genuinely think it's an excellent signing, and it's only it's really going to help our cause in the field. I, I genuinely think you look at our three or four midfielders. I think you go you have to have a real look in the National League to find a better midfield three than the one we're going to play this season. Judging by this bloke coming in, I really do.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. It's it's a you know, I think at the moment. It, off the back of last season's form, Asa Hall was probably the first name on the team sheet um, for me. At the moment, this guy probably partners him, but then you've still got, you know, Armani Little, who in the last, you know, towards the end of the season really showed his form. And if he can stay fit through pre-season, you know, it's easy to forget that we've probably got one of the best on the ball players in the National League in Armani Little on his day. If he can stay fit and really build on last the, the end of last season... And then you've got Connor Evans, who, okay, plays more kind of between the midfield and the, and the striker. But if you count him as a midfielder, yeah, I think you're right. You you, you do well to find a better, a club with better uh, midfield options.
1: I'm not quite sure what the dynamic in midfield will it'll be this year because we've got, what well, spoiler alert, so low loss, low loss. Now, um, who's presumably going to be up front at two with right. Then do you have and Evans behind those two, and and then Hall and um, Lapsley? I don't know where that would leave Little, because we know he's not a winger from last season. Um, but yeah, I, I don't quite know how. It's it's a great problem to have not too many brilliant players to play in midfield. That's it's not a bad thing at all. Um, what would what would you say is the best Option to have at
2: the I mean, I would see Lapsley as someone to replace, replace Randall, not necessarily being the same type of player, but you know, obviously, we're not getting Randall back, so then you need someone to make up the numbers, and that's being a bit reductive on what I think Lapsley can bring. Um, I would be really interested to see if we do play with two up front, given that we only really have two up front right now, <laughs> we only have right in. Loss, I know we have Kusha, but I don't think he's going to play that often. I suspect we'll still start with Wright alone. Certainly in the first few games of the season. Um, that's my cat. Sorry, Matt. Matt hasn't seen my cat yet, but listeners, but everyone else has. Um, oh, yeah, I so I
0: was just going to if if Danny Wright is fit, Danny Danny Wright starts. You showed last season when he when he starts, he scores. You know, for me. Yeah.
2: I would like to see two strikers just because I like to see more goals, but you can't deny that it was effective last year. Um, I think Wright's success last year was in part because of the wingers that we had. And I know I've spoken about this in previous podcast. The main and Whitfield big, pinging them in was very good for him. We probably won't have either of those. So I know we'll get to other signings. I don't know if we'll have the ability to provide the same ammunition for Wright next season. So if that is the case, then maybe we will do start with two strikers in the major game.
1: I, would, I, um, imagine that, um, I imagine that I imagine that Johnson's plan last season was probably start with two because he would have had Nelson with with Wright because that went horribly wrong. Yeah. Very quickly.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I think he he learnt a lot about what Danny Wright can do there, can't he? And I think Sam's right that if if he's fit, he starts, he's, he's that good, and I think he I don't think he'd have signed on if that wasn't the promise. He's been very vocal about that that he's not at an age where he's he's not really doing it for money now. He could go to Gloucester and probably pick up more money from them than he could for us. I think he's doing it because he wants another promotion. He wants another crack at it. And if he wasn't promised game time, if he's fit, I don't think he'd have done it. But that being said, I don't think he can play Saturday, Tuesday weekend, like, like he did last season and before he got injured. I think that's, you're asking for disaster for, for another long-term injury, which essentially crippled our season, didn't it? So I, I think Nolos is the perfect replacement, which I'm sure we'll get onto, but I, I can't see him playing. People team. don't
0: know he signed him yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't, that was I a secret until now. Spoilers.
3: I can't see him. I can't see him actually, um, actually starting two up front. I think when you've got that that good midfield as well, to be dropping one of them to play a two up front, where you could potentially injure one of your best players, would be would be really dangerous thing to do. Unless he's going to go and sign Tishmanga or Nicky Maynard later on in the window, I, I just can't see it, and I can't see our We're not any
0: of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah and
2: we're not
3: signing
1: right? OK either.
0: Yeah, you're you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, the thing is with Danny Wright, if you can manage his game time well, you've got him for the season and you've got, what, 15, 16 goals a year. Problem last year is Andrew Nelson was injured and this is pure speculation, but I think probably was put on furlough towards the end of the season because he clearly wasn't, you know, I I think, I don't think he had the best attitude. Yeah, to all intents and purposes,
3: seemed a bit of a knob as well.
0: uh, From what I heard through potentially one of the rats. I don't think he was actually ever present at the club. I, I you know, even after I like, <laughs> kind of recovered from his injury, I, I think he spent all of his time up, up in the Northeast. So, which, you know, fine if you've got family and all that, and you're not going to be playing, but you know, anyway, he wasn't there. Josh Umera was literally there just to kind of fill in the gaps for those two. He wasn't brought in to be the backup to, to Danny Wright. So, you know, that's why Danny Wright has played so often. Um, Oh, obviously, the next sign we had was um a, a winger, Keelan O'Connell. Uh, but I read the thing, can play on both sides. He's been at um been at Bournemouth Academy. I couldn't tell you any more about him. I've I've never heard of him. I I don't think
2: anyone has heard of him, but I think it's what we would said in a previous podcast. Like I can't remember if it was 29 or 30, where with the fear of losing Whitfield in the main, one of the things that most of us said was that wingers at this level are really ten a penny. You just have to hope you find one that puts in a good shift for you. And this is one of those guys who could be a world beater or he could be, you never see him again after one season. So I do like that he's committed to the Danny Wright style of hair though.
0: Yeah. Well,
2: hopefully hopefully he doesn't picture. bleach
3: it as blonde as Danny Wright did. Yeah. Because I nearly blinded him.
2: Yeah, so um, yeah. I, you can tell. Yeah. Format is a good pedigree. That he was there, they have a good track record of bringing decent players through, so that's positive. But who knows?
3: I, I, I think he's, I think he's a good signing. I think you know, we you, like we look at. They, there's obviously a very strong relation there, isn't there? You think of all the players we've had on loan from Bournemouth. Charing was brilliant. Frank Vincent, sort of half a rat, who's gone to North County. He's obviously he was superb when he was on loan for us. Bit part player, but I thought every time he played for us, he'd give it 110. Um, and that's all you can ask and there's clearly a strong relationship there that I don't think we'd be signing a player from there if if um if, you know, they weren't any good and I certainly trust Johnson's, Johnson's judgment with, with Keelan O'Connell, playing on both sides is invaluable I think especially you know with, with how he changes formation and all that sort of stuff and no reason this, this kid can't be, go, go on to be as good as Whitfield, it is a complete gamble because you just don't know what you're going to get with wingers at this level as, as Chris mentioned but there's no reason he can't kick on and, and, and be a good player and if it, I mean, it really is as simple
0: as this as national league I mean, If you can beat a man and put a ball in, then it'll be brilliant. It really is as simple as that. Yeah, yeah no, no, quite. Um, yeah, it's one of those, isn't it? Wingers always are a gamble. You know, another season, Whitfield doesn't hit the ground running or he and his confidence drops and, he, and he's not a very good player. That, that, that happens under another manager um, without getting too sidetracked. I think if he has a couple of off games at County... They won't use him as a luxury player. He'll be out of the team. So, you know, this is one of those players. If if there's ever a manager to kind of get your career started and start thriving under, it's Gary Johnson. Um, so, yeah, last signing, which which for me was probably the second most impressive after um, lapsley was uh, Clyde Lolos from Plymouth Argyle. Um, I've been giving a heads up about him uh, on, on, on Friday evening. Uh, so I kind of... <laughs> tried to keep it under routes, but I, I was really, really pleased about him. Um, Argyle fans rated him by the sounds of it as a young player. I think League One is probably just slightly above his level at the moment. Um, he looked very good when he came, when they played us a couple of years ago in pre-season, scored a good goal. And for me, is probably the perfect person to deputise and, and learn from right. I thought
1: it was quite interesting what the... No matter what Ryan Lowe said about him, he um, it was almost as if he was torn about letting him go. He wanted to keep him, but he recognized that he needed game time, couldn't offer him that at Argyle, so reluctantly let him go. He said that he could easily start in League Two, but uh, well, he's chosen to come towards I was quite excited when I saw we signed him because we were linked to, or rather, there were some rumors that we were going to sign him, I think on loan earlier this year, like January or so, when Ryan got injured, but then of course, we got. Rob Street instead um but yeah decent options to have up front I thought yeah I don't
2: know anything about him I do remember him scoring for us in that preseason friendly a couple of years ago I think we ended up winning in the end um but I did try and find the video and I couldn't find it anywhere so I don't really have too much in the way of insight shockingly um but it, you know it, it sounds like it's the kind of signing that you want the club to see he's not going to take too long to settle. He presumably he's already living in the area, so he's not going to have to buy a house or find somewhere to stay. So he should be able to hit the ground running.
3: I, I think it's a classic one where he's, um, you know, he's, he's, ha- he's obviously happy and settled in the area, like you mentioned, Chris. And it's a, it's a logical step. It's, a, you know, I, I do think it's odd that, you know, the, I, I agree with what Matt said in the sense that it might be more likely to be a two, in that it's a big step down to take for limited game time. So unless he's been promised something, that would that would be my only sort. That's my only sort of worry with it is that he's he must have been. It's a really big step down to take to be second striker. Um, so unless they're not planning, you know, whether they think the Saturday Tuesday schedule is too much for Danny Wright, which realistically it probably is. And you mentioned those grounds like Bromley. That's just just you just can't risk Danny Wright on on grounds like that this year. Um, and you know, especially even when it gets boggy in the, in the winter, as it will do. That's that's even somewhere you don't really want to be risking Danny Wright. I think that's probably what done him in the overall game is it was the pitch was a little bit heavy and probably didn't help his hamstring, which he obviously struggled with quite a lot. This this guy seems good. I remember I remember him scoring that goal. And I sort of always thought I knew he was always on the radar. And I've, I've also read what Ryan Lowe said, and he did genuinely seem, like you said, a little bit torn. And it was it's really interesting to see that Johnson obviously moved quite quickly in picking him up. But I, I my only worry is that I don't know how happy he's gonna be with with. game time and I don't know what what effect that's going to have but it must have been a conversation they've had to to some extent. Um, I've I've heard from from various sources just a couple of people I know of that his attitude hasn't always been the best but whether that's just because he was so frustrated at a lack of game time there it it sort of got the better of him I don't know but obviously that's the last thing you want is anything like that affecting the training room but I I don't think anyone's going to run to see Danny Wright after the season he had last season and how important he was so really interesting to see how that plays out I think but to all intents and purposes, I don't think you'll find the better second choice striker in the league if he is to a second choice striker. I think he will be. He will really like. I mean, you look compare that having him to Josh Mera, and they're two completely different levels of player from from what I've seen of him. So that I'd agree it's the second most exciting signing. I'm just slightly worried about how it's going to play out. I think. Yeah,
0: I yeah, I think I it'll be. I think it'll be interesting because you know he, he's not signed to come and sit on the bench you know, you don't, you don't, if you've been at a league one club, you don't sign for a conference club to sit on the bench. So he will have his eyes on starting, but you know, there would have been that, of course, there would have been, like you say, that conversation where they said, look, excuse me, we've got a really good experienced Number nine, who is arguably the, the best at this level for what he does as a number nine target, man, of all the clubs and games I saw last season that, I don't think, even you, you, is it John Rooney who's at um, Solihull, who's on about five grand a week or something, you know, didn't have a patch on the, on the ability of Danny Wright. I mean, Danny Wright didn't play that game, but, you know, like you said, D- Danny Wright isn't going to play every game of the season. And I think that's the problem last year where we didn't have a suitable second choice. It, it meant you had to risk Danny Wright a little bit more than you wanted to. And that's ultimately what cost our season. If you've got someone who, you know, if he's not starting, he's going to come on after 60, 70 minutes most games. There's not, not, it's not to say that you might not bring him on earlier and, and go two up top and he's going to start, you'd assume at least, probably at least half of the games because Danny Wright isn't going to start every game. I mean, don't get me wrong. The season isn't going to be like last year. It's not going to be as many Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesdays but there's certainly going to be the, you know, this guy's going to have more game time with us than he would have at Plymouth. And, you know, you know I, I wonder if he spoke to people like Adam Randall, you know, what, what's it like? And Adam Randall, the way he really lit up his own career, you know, last season, he might have said, yeah, this is the place for you to go and crack on. I, I I hope he does well, and I think he's a really exciting player. I I, th- I think I think it capped off quite a productive day for the club.
1: Yeah, I I agree on that. I was speaking to a friend of mine, sports Yeovil, and he said uh, that he had seen us uh, announcing seven signings, and he thought that was a um, a real show of strength by the club. Um, you Whether know, all the signings will turn out to be that great, who knows? But um, I thought to be able to do that, sign seven players in one day is a hell of a difference year's gone by, where you know you'd be announcing just a, a couple of new signings and the likes like like Jan Zatkowski and Rory Fallon and etc. Um, but yeah, I, I thought. I think it's, it's a great, very
2: confident so cool. way to do it, isn't it? Sorry, it's, it's very confident. Yeah, there
1: was a certain swagger about it. I thought. Yeah, um, and club, I wasn't alone in confidence.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think I was alone in the fan base for a while, like. Where the hell of our play? You know where our players. We only have five signed up, or however, and then it was eight, and then it was ten. And you think we still need at least half a dozen good professionals who we would expect to be changing first team places. Um, I think we heard towards the end of last week that they were going to be announcing some today. So over the weekend it wasn't so bad, but it's nice to have the degree of professionalism that hasn't always been present <laughs> with our club. Um, so yeah, it's it's positive again. We, we don't know what's going to happen with them, how they're going to perform. But I've been saying it for months. Gary Johnson knows what he's doing more than any of us idiots ever will. So in that respect, you just have to hope that he, is, you know, if four of those seven turn out to be as good as Johnson thinks they are, then it's going to be fine. Yeah,
3: I mean, it was it was a productive day, wasn't it? And it was it was. Yeah. About, I agree. It was a complete. It was a very professional way. To, to have done it. And I, I don't think a lot of it's to do with how the club or Paddy or anyone else would have wanted to do it. I think that's Johnson very strategically playing his cards very close to his chest because clubs like to keep tabs on whoever players are signing. And a couple of those will just get lost in the midst of the fact that we announced seven. Everyone's eyes will be drawn towards, you know, Lapsley and, and potentially Lolo's. Whereas, you know, Keelan O'Connell might slip through the net a little bit and end up being a world beater. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think it's, it's very clever. And I think it's all, it's Gary Johnson, it's got Gary Johnson written all over it, hasn't it? It was it was a very productive day. I, I wasn't particularly blown away. I can't sit there and say I was, you know, I was, I was gobsmacked by the signings. I don't think they were as, you know, as, as amazing as I was expecting. But I, I, I'm not at all criticising because... Gary Johnson has every right to make any decision that you see fit in, and me agree with it because he's earned that right so I don't see like I said I mean I think it's because you see so many teams making so many inspired signings around us but obviously I don't know if we're quite in that pedigree in terms of appeal and definitely probably not in budget in terms of You hey, look at the money Wrexham are throwing at it and and you know Stockport and not obviously to an extent as well so I think you've got to be happy enough with it um, and trust him. But it was a very clever and professional way to do things, which, as you said, Chris, makes a very nice change from what we're used to as Toy Fans.
1: I don't think <laughs> I've ever been sort of overwhelmed by uh, signings made by Gary Johnson, but they've consistently, by and large, been really good. I've never heard of most of the players he signed. Um, yeah, no effect. We, we, we signed Danny Wright last season you know, to replace Jamie Reid. But in, Right, he had scored, what, 16 goals in 72 appearances for Solihull in the past couple of seasons, and there was loads of people, probably myself included, who were thinking, really? Almost 36-year-old bloke coming to replace Jamie Reid. And who would have predicted how good he would turn out to be? So I've, I think I've just learned to give signings made by Johnson a lot of latitude, and by and large, they do turn out to be pretty good.
3: I, I think my only my only, my, my only worry within the sense was that he obviously, he, he tried very hard to keep Carl Cameron and Ben Whitfield and he made no secret about that. And he couldn't. And I think that's all that worries me is that he, he's then, my worry was that he's, he's gone down to his sort of second or even third choices. You don't know how many conversations have been had, do you, over the last few. And that's my worry is that there's, there's struggling, you know, not him as a manager, but maybe we were struggling to attract some of the players that we wanted to. Maybe he had lined up for... For league, you know, for league moves or stuff, had we gone up, and he had to sort of anticipate both scenarios, which I don't think made it any easier for him. But like you said, I, I don't think I've ever been my socks have ever been knocked off by Gary Johnson signing. Definitely not with Danny Wright last season, um, as you mentioned. So no, you you you're bang on. I'd give I'd trust it with everything in the world. So hopefully, just hopefully it comes to fruition. But they're, they're, there's there's some really good names in there, and hopefully we
0: can uh, we can kick on with it. No, I completely agree with all of that. That that's the thing, isn't it? You you know it's. I, I've been kind of keeping a half eye on other clubs, especially at our end of the table and their business. Um, it's funny, Notts County, I don't know how many other signings they've made, but Kyle Cameron's their marquee signing. You know, don't make no mistake about it. He is their marquee signing this this summer. You know, he wore the cap, he, he captained them in their pre season game the other day. So they clearly see him as a big name there. He, he was our third choice centre back for probably half of last season. Think, you know, they played him on the wing in the playoffs. I wonder if that was, okay, it was obviously a bit of a game plan and a tactic, but if it was also that kind of trying to make him feel like he was still a big part of it, even though he wasn't starting in his position. Uh, they signed Frank Vincent, who would all agree was a good player for us. And if he turned up here, none of us have sniffed, you know, turned our nose up, but is Frank Vincent better than Lemon Hay Evans? Absolutely not. Um, would we need someone like that no this Tom Lapsley seems like more of the type of player that we needed for that to fill that gap um, Wrexham you know with the big Hollywood money the TikTok sponsorship they've brought in I can't decide if I'm really underwhelmed or if I'm impressed with their signings you know they've signed players like Jake Hyde and who else did they sign the other day it might have been another striker they, they sign players who are competent at this level but aren't world beaters you know jake hyde isn't he he was at woking in the conference south and you know couldn't get in the team ahead of greg Luer. um he was at halifax last season and wasn't pulling up trees so i'm not you know Wrexham have got a good manager of course they have but they've they've got kind of gone for that national league experience um the only club that's really kind of impressed me in terms of signings is Stockport. I mean, you know, they've brought Scott Quigley in, uh, Ben Whitfield, obviously. Um, but there's always one club every year that throws a lot of money at it and it doesn't work. There's too many big names, too many egos. It takes a, it takes a very good manager to manage that many good players. You know, look at, look at the amount of managers that sort of struggled at Man City that have struggled at your Chelsea's. I know it's a different kettle of fish, but those managers that just cannot handle that many big egos. So I think the fact that, like you say, we've done it all today and a lot of them will slip under the radar for other clubs, you know, you wonder how many other clubs might have been circling around these players. You know, I know, I know it's easy to say that we haven't attracted big names, but Lolos and Lapsley... I think they probably get into most squads at this at this level, you know. Maybe not Stockport because they've got so many attacking options in terms of Lolas, but there's a lot of players that. um, Sorry, there's a lot of clubs that probably would have taken both those players. So, I think it's a real statement. And uh, what's worth noting as well, that's probably all the permanent recruitment we're going to do this year, but we've still got loans to come in. Now, if you look at the last sort of three seasons with Gary Johnson. Uh, Psycho Janna, he brought in on loan. Andrews and Evans were already there. No, he brought in Conor Levin and Evans, didn't he, uh, as well? Andrews was already there, yeah. Andrews and uh, uh, Opie Evans was already there. Yeah. Um, but he brought in Jana. he brought in Evans. He brought in Evans again last uh, season four, the one just gone and signed him permanently. He brought in Randell, he brought in Shering. If there's someone who knows the loan market at the start of the season, it's Gary Johnson. You know, you look at, look at that track record with us, you know, alone with us. I don't think we'll see loan signings announced till the week of the start of the season, if not the day, because clubs don't know where they're going to sell, send these players until they've seen them in their pre-season plans. You know, sharing's one of those. He's playing under a new manager. Scott Parker's going to want to look at him and think, well, where is he going to send him? He'll then speak to Carl Fletcher the ex-Plymouth manager who's now the loan manager at Bournemouth and say, what was, you know, what, what's he like? How did he do it at Torquay? Carl Fletch might go brilliant. That's where you want to send him back. He might go perfect. Or he might say, let's send him to a League Two club. But, you know, you, you look at the gaps we've got, probably need another winger, probably need another centre-back. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they bring in another striker. Is that kind of just to play third fiddle? You, you always, that's not un, unheard of. Perhaps a right-back, I don't think that's essential. You've got players that can, you know, if you've got a backup centre-back and you need to fill, fill in a right-back gap, you've got that because then Moxie can move over to centre-back if needs to be. But yeah, on the whole, I'm pretty pleased with, with the business today.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's worth noting as well, any players we do sign that um, permanently are going to be the the better ones, if you know what I mean, I think, because there'll be players that have become available Johnson has snapped up, if you know what I mean, the ones mm-hmm. that he maybe didn't think were obtainable um, that, that are still probably holding out for a football league club because there's probably still quite a few players doing that, that are pre-agents, still negotiating, holding out for a football league club. Uh, and if that doesn't come to fruition, where better to go than, than Gary Johnson talk here? when you see what he's done for Carl Cameron, Ben Whitfield and several others. Do you know what I mean? I, I think there's a track record there for players to look at who don't get moves into the football league and go... Why not? You know, I think he, he sort of did it to an extent with Billy Waters, didn't he? Um, where obviously I think Billy Waters was playing out his options for quite a while before he signed for us, and I know obviously he didn't end up being quite what we hoped, but I still think he he offered a lot. So any so any, I think there might be one or two more permanent signings, but it's very very dependent on if they get snapped up by other clubs. And I, if it wouldn't surprise me to see one more big one because it's the sort of thing Johnson would do to, to just gamble on a player who who hasn't quite got the move they wanted. What? Union. it come off for him the... <laughs> you just never know now,
0: it's funny that's yeah, what so I was going to say oh, now we're awesome. sourcing midfield I, I, I'm, I'm not having Union anyway I, he, he's not played proper football for two years I'm not oh. not having him but I'm not oh. I wouldn't personally kind of be you know uh, nah, he, gets in well. that, he gets in that team I just don't think he takes a 90% pay cut to
3: be in that team that's no, no. Quite. Um,
0: <laughs> but it's, it's funny the name that was, that was floating around for quite a while was um Nicky Maynard now to my knowledge he's not signed for anyone I did see I think someone pointed out that his son has signed for crew like in their youth academy whether that means yeah. anything in location I'm not sure but he's not signed for anyone Gary Johnson signed him at Bristol City he probably played his best football under Gary Johnson at Bristol City it's not I'm not saying it's happening I'm not saying it's not happening it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you though would it
3: if you didn't have uh, a club a week, if you didn't have a club a week before the end of the season if Johnson went just come down twice a week once a week and come down for a game and do it and it it wouldn't you know and if he was in that situation he couldn't be afforded to be asking for top whack because he hasn't got a club you know i mean i think i think he will be snapped up but why why not i don't see what but that's the sort of thing i mean that johnson will do is this is he's not hedging his bets with these players he's not if this is all we get then that's fine he's happy with it but he'll he'll be looking around and keeping his eye on many many things i guarantee that this guy this isn't his first rodeo in fact it's getting towards his last rodeo and He's certainly gonna he's certainly gonna be keeping his eye on a lot of things, I think. But I mean it's it's good enough business, isn't it? And it's it's great to see us finally make some signing and have something to be excited about looking forward to the new season. You know, something to quite... talk about
2: for our podcast as well. That's nice, nicely gratifying. I like echoing out what everyone said, I think it's good business. Um I did see a tweet this morning from a Notts County fan who is an aspiring sports journalist. Uh, saying that he doesn't really care about talking signings because whoever cares about them I'm like fucker you, your team does because you're the one signing them <laughs> you, got, you got he who shall not be named and there was some suggestion this week or over the weekend that Nemein has a medical there on Wednesday I don't know how true that is. Um is three rats that would be incredible three rats but yeah I, I think Coming to a Gary Johnson club, not necessarily specifically Torquay, but coming to a club that's run by Gary Johnson, I think holds a lot of cachet at our level and division above. And if someone can show that they've had a good season under Gary Johnson, that's a stamp of approval for other clubs. Um, and that also goes back to what we were saying just now about, you know, potential loan signings. You know, sending sending someone to Torquay for a year under Gary Johnson has to be worth more than sending them into whatever Knott's County could be this season or whatever Stockport could be this season because their situations are so fraught with danger. You know, I think there's a salary cap in the national league in the season after this one. So if Stockport don't go up, they're fucked. And I admit I have the best squad in the league. I think the way things are, they were probably worthy favorites for the title, but we've seen it before how many teams have spent big money and done nothing. And I could quite easily see a situation in which Notts County, Wrexham and Stockport don't have the same manager at the end of the season that they've started with. I'd which would if be, all be fantastic. It would be, be
3: brilliant. I genuinely would be surprised if all three did, because they will just, the amount of money yeah. they've spent, they'll pull the trigger. And we could be mid-table at Christmas and not within a shot of the playoffs. And I don't yeah. think anyone would be fair to call for Gary Johnson Ted because he's, right. earned, he's earned the right to, to do whatever with us, I think.
2: Um, Our aspirations are different as well. I I think if we get into if we get into playoffs this season, people are gonna be like, "All right, well that's fine. We overachieved last year. Playoffs is decent." If Stockport were eighth after ten games, the guy's gone.
3: (laughs) Yeah, especially if they've they've slipped up to a couple of smaller teams. Yeah, Kings Lynn beat them. Goodbye. Yeah, it really is as simple as that. And what I can't wait to happen is it to happen at Stockport. The new manager not to like Ben Whitfield and him to be clubless at the end of the season with no one giving him a chance, and exactly the same for Carl Cameron because. Exactly what they deserve. So hopefully that happens to both of those. But but ultimately they, I think this is why this is why it annoys me. I think they've made a mistake, is it's it's a short-term thing what they've done, isn't it? It's a short-term fix that they think they've done. When in reality, their their long-term future was, albeit maybe we weren't offering two-year deals, their long-term future was so much safer at Torquay. It really was. And the, they, um, uh, I really know I, I genuinely think it was because even though you can't offer them a longer-term deal. Are you honestly telling me if Whitfield had a bad season next season, Johnson would release him? I don't think he would. I think he'd, he'd I think he'd work on him and make him get him back to as good as he was for us. And, um, and the same with Carl Cameron. So, I, I, although maybe financially it's, it's not, and you know, security-wise in terms of having a two-year deal, that's obviously part of why they've moved. They, they might find themselves falling out of favour with new managers. That's a very plausible situation to have for both of them, and that's that's not something that would happen here. That's that's the point I'm making.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree because you look at, um, take Whitfield, for example. He is, if you're not doing brilliantly, he's a luxury player. You know, he's not the sort of player to get, he never really tracked back and defended, but you didn't expect him to. That wasn't his job. But if he seems like the sort of player, and he said it in an interview with the National Obsession podcast, which is brilliant. Anyone that doesn't listen, you should do. Um, But he said it then, like, Gary Johnson always stuck with him. A club like Stockport won't stick with someone if you're not on form. They will, they will drop you, and it will be a much harsher fan base to please because they are they're aware of the money that's been thrown at it, and that's what I mean. There's always you you. I don't know who manages Stockport at the moment. I know it was Jim Rusk, Rusk. Rusk, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If Knots or Stockport aren't top or there or thereabouts come Christmas both uh, Rusk and uh, Birchall, they, they'll be out of the job because, like you said, so much money being thrown at it. And like you say, Chris, they will be in big trouble with the salary cap. You know, there's a lot of players that they're not there for the love of Edgley Park. They're not there for the love of Nottingham and the Trent. They're there for big cash. That's what they're there for. Um, and it, it, it's funny, you look at you, you, there's always, a, there are always clubs that throw money at it, but we've got a manager that has won promotions from this league countless times. He's won promotions from other leagues countless times. He knows what kind of team you need to put together to have a chance. Now you look at the players that have stayed. And I think that is the fact that Evans and Lewis were there on two deals is that, I mean, that's incredible. That, that gave us, you feel like you start the season with a boost anyway, but you've got two brilliant young prospects there who are probably in their positions, arguably the best at that in the league. Certainly Evans. I don't think there's a better on the ball player and a better attacking midfielder or kind of number, number 10 in inverted commas than, than Connor Evans at this level and probably the the league above as well. Um, But you look at them, you've got, you've still got that experience of Asa Hall and Dean Moxie and Danny Wright. And then you've got these new lads coming in who are all exciting and you've got, that mix of new players, but also quite a, an established group. You know, Andrew's been down here for, what, for three or four years now. Same with Asa. Moxie's local anyway. It, it's a perfect mix. Johnson knows what type of players you need to win promotion. I'm, I, I'm certainly looking forward to going to pool on Saturday to see what, what a few of these lads look like and, and how they start to gel.
1: That's the exciting yeah, thing. I
0: about
1: don't for think the this, season. it's season. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to be, I hate to say it, but I don't think we'll be challenging the title again. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic, but um, the kind of quality that what the other teams have got, unless they implode. Um, but I, I would take seventh place or playoffs right now. If we get even half the excitement that we got in the season just gone, and we're actually allowed to go and see, then. I just want to go and see football again. without any real restrictions on anything at the moment. Um, so I, I can't wait to get down to pool on Saturday. Hopefully the weather's decent and, um, see the new signings and see what they're capable of.
0: Cool. I think that probably rounds up everything. Um, it, uh, like, like Chris said, it's nice to have some, uh, sort of topic to discuss. And, uh, yeah, interesting to see what happens, and and like I say, looking forward to seeing uh, seven people tell us how the move came about and what type of player they are um, by the world's worst interviewer. Hopefully, Dom me does it all and does a proper job. Dom, if you're listening, thank you for doing a proper job. Um, Paddy, if you're listening, uh, will can point you in the direction of a university. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening uh thank you to chris ballard thank you thank you to will taylor thank you very much and thank you david taunt matthew roberts thanks very much see you soon